0: France has faced a week of tumult from ongoing protests over pension reform, but also uh, de Gaulle's grandson, Pierre, uh, identifying as a Putin supporter. And uh, meanwhile, the news that Ukraine is to get as much military help from Macron as he can muster. And then there was a shameful letter revealed from uh, de Valera's government uh, in 1941. All of these stories uh, from Lara Marlowe, who is the uh, Irish Times France correspondent. Lara, good morning. Good morning.
1: Good morning, Pat.
0: We'll come to De Valera's uh, shameful letter, well, his government's shameful letter, in a little while. Uh, You'll be writing about this in the Irish Times tomorrow. But in the meantime, all the news in France. And let's start with Pierre de Gaulle, uh, the grandson of Charles de Gaulle. What's he done? (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, he's in Russia right now. Uh, yesterday, he went to Volograd for the 80th um, anniversary of the Battle of Stalingrad, which was the the t- turning point in the Second World War when when the Soviets uh, defeated Germany in that battle. Um, Tass, the Russian news agency, is is delirious about his uh, attendance of the ceremonies yesterday, and they quote him. They interviewed him uh, on the the site. He, he laid a wreath of flowers and so on. And they say, I'm quoting TASS news agency, an opinion exists in the West of its superiority over the Russian people. And uh, Pierre de Gaulle says, I also shatter the illusion of the superiority. The West is completely ignorant about the Russian people and so on and so forth. And this this really started last June when uh, de Gaulle attended the National Day celebrations for the Russian Federation at the embassy in Paris. Uh, and he's been peddling this line ever since, but he's really picked it up the last few days. Um, he was on Russian television on the 31st of January. I think that was Tuesday night, if my memory is correct. And his, his line is, one, Putin is a great leader. Uh, two, it was the U.S. that pushed Putin into invading Ukraine, and he talks about Zelensky, his oligarchs, his neo-Nazi groups, uh, and so on and so forth. And he says all of this is against French interest and that his grandfather, General de Gaulle, um, loved Russia, which which actually is true, uh, and that this is totally against de Gaulle's tradition. Now, it should be said that the rest of the de Gaulle family has distanced themselves from Pierre and wants nothing to do with it and says that he does not speak for for the dead uh, General de Gaulle.
0: Okay, that's uh, one issue. Meanwhile, uh, France is upping its aid to Ukraine. And is that getting broad support?
1: Uh, yes, yes. I mean, I haven't heard anyone complaining about it other than Pierre de Gaulle. Uh, but they're giving a, another 12 César, um, they're, they're like uh, truck-mounted artillery pieces, um, very accurate, and very long range. Uh, that was announced by the Ukrainian defense minister in Paris this week. That brings to a total of 30 the number of these uh, self-propelled artillery pieces that France has given to Ukraine. Uh, They also are willing, talking about giving uh, Leclerc main battle tanks. Um, after the the British challengers and the U.S. Abrams and the German Leopard 2s. And unlike uh, the U.S. and Germany, France is considering sending fighter aircraft as well. Um, So it looks like Macron is pretty committed for for the long run.
0: Meantime, he faces tumult on the streets over his pension plans.
1: Uh, That's right. We saw the second National Day of Action on Tuesday. There are two more coming up, one next Wednesday and another the following Saturday. Um, The worrying thing for Macron is that support for these protests is increasing uh, with each successive March demonstration, uh, the strikes, and he's getting a little bit worried about getting this reform through Parliament. Uh, he does not want to have to pass it by decree because it would, it could precipitate something like the Gilets Jaunes Revolt or it will certainly uh, discredit him as a, as a democratic leader. Um, so there's a lot of nervousness about that. Um, the, the two points on which the reform is being most criticized is that it's apparently more disadvantageous to women than to men, uh, because women who till now got credit for time out from maternity leave are going to have to work longer. Uh, And also senior citizens. Um, The the government said that it would set up, they called it an index to confirm, to make sure that companies kept on people after the age of 55 and what happens in France is a lot of people lose their jobs after 55 because they're expensive and, and less productive. Uh, the government said it would, it would try to counter that but there's no, no teeth in the measures and that's being opposed. There have been 20, more than 20,000 amendments to the law uh, filed in the National Assembly so the de- debates are going to be very long.
0: Now, moving on to uh, the the story of uh, a correspondence by Telegram uh, about something that was going on in France. And it starts with the friendship of a man called Paul Leon with James Joyce.
1: That's right. Uh, Joyce and Léon met in 1928 in Paris. Um, Léon's brother-in-law was teaching Russian to Joyce, and they became very, very close friends. Uh, Joyce went almost every day to the apartment that Paul Léon and his Russian wife, uh, Lucy, they were both Russian Jews, uh, lived in actually about two blocks away from me in the 7th arrondissement. And there, because Joyce was going blind, uh, Leon transcribed much of Finnegan's wake for him, uh, and then he read him the proofs and he was a tremendous, he, he gave thousands and thousands of hours of his time. He never accepted to be paid, uh, and he also dealt with all of the, the, the banal, boring details of, that Joyce couldn't deal with, um, contracts, publishers, that sort of thing. And then when the Germans invaded, uh, in June 1940, in, in scenes actually very reminiscent of the Ukraine war, um, millions of refugees were fleeing southward. Uh, the Joyces were in central France in the Allier department. And uh, the Léons joined them there, so they, the, that was the last place James Joyce and, and Paul Léon were together. And unfortunately, Paul Léon and his wife and son, Alexis, who was a teenager, decided to go back to Paris because they, they were running out of money. Um, his, his wife, Lucy, was a fashion correspondent for the New York uh, Tribune. And also he wanted Alexis to sit his baccalaureate exam. So they went back to Paris. Uh, Joyce went to Zurich, where he died in January of 1941. Uh, And in the the months that followed, Paul Leon risked his life. He would go out at night with a wheelbarrow and a a porter uh, to retrieve all of the the manuscripts from Joyce's apartment. And he made dozens of trips back and forth. and, And had, being a Jew, if he'd been caught, uh, there was a curfew, he he would have could have been killed for that. And then the Germans came for him. They came to his apartment, arrested him, uh, put him in the internment camp at Drancy, uh, just outside Paris, and, and later Compiègne. He spent six months in this internment camp in dreadful conditions. He was cold. He was hungry. There were fleas. He was ill. He could barely walk. Uh, His wife, Lucy, was sending him packages. And during these six months, he wrote a series of really heartbreaking, beautifully written letters, uh, love letters to Lucy. But also, you, you see reading these letters... The decline of his health and his morale, and that has just been published in a book by Bloomsbury, which was edited by Luca Crispie from uh, University College Dublin, and the letters were translated by Mary Gallagher, also of University College Dublin. Now what the, the the terrible irony of this whole thing and I just learned this at the the book launch at the Irish Embassy uh, last week is that um, the Writers Guild in Zurich, who had been, many of them, friends with James Joyce, uh, had contacted the Irish legation in Bern and said, please, you know, this man knows more about James Joyce than anyone else in the world, uh, and he, he, he knows more about his work, and you must try to save him. And Giorgio Joyce, uh, James Joyce's son, also appealed uh, to the Irish legation and so the ambassador to Bern wrote to Dublin and they wrote to Berlin uh, and said um, you know can you can you make an appeal to Hitler's administration to get this guy out of prison camp they, they called him a hostage and the ambassador in uh, Berlin uh, messaged back um, well he's not an Irish citizen and we're afraid that this would this would harm our good relations with the German government. Uh, this went back to headquarters in Dublin, and at the end of the day, um, the, it was called External Affairs then, they agreed that, uh, that the Irish diplomats should do nothing. So, um, And Paul Leon, very sadly... Uh, was shot dead on April 4th, 1942. He was deported from France in the first convoy carrying Jews from Dancy and Compiègne. And he was on a, a march between Auschwitz and Birkenau, which is just a, a few kilometres, but he kept falling down and, and the SS shot him dead then.
0: And the response of the Irish government to that request, Paul Leon is not Irish and the government does not wish to damage its good relations... With Hitler's administration. Shameful stuff. And you're writing about it t- tomorrow in the Irish Times. Lara, thank you very much for joining us. Lara Marlowe, France correspondent for the Irish Times. The Pat Kenny Show. With Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9 a.m. on News Talk.